Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi there. I'm Tyler and I love Disney. Hello, I'm Jason and I like Disney as well. And you are listening to the Mickey Rules the World podcast. It's a podcast. About Mickey. Well, and Disneyland. About Stuff. all of the Mickeys. <laughs> This is a good start. Great start. Jason, happy Sunday. Hey, happy Sunday. This is not normally when we record. No. Hey, uh, busy, busy weekend. I'm going to be gone at summer camp all this next week. That's why we're recording early. Yeah. Really looking forward to it. A bunch of high school students and no sleep for five days. You're going to be a camp counselor. I am. I'm going to be the cool camp counselor. I don't believe that. Okay. At all. Cool. True. (laughs) I'm now 10 years older than all of the kids I'm going to be counseling, which is insane to me because it wasn't too long ago that I was in going to summer camp and now it's uh, just time flies and now I'm going to be yelling at kids and blowing my whistle and and trying to act cool like I belong with high schoolers. Yeah. Some big news this week. We've been teasing this for a while. Um, We knew this was coming, but we finally got it and we got it about three hours after we recorded last week's (laughs) podcast. It was literally right after we posted it. Which is classic, but Disney Disney has announced the Disney Plus Hulu ESPN bundle that'll be launched when Disney Plus launches here in November. And so they've released a specific bundle where you get Disney Plus, Hulu, and ESPN Plus, which are now all owned by Disney, for $12.99. Now, this is, uh, it's important to note that this is Hulu with ads. Yes. Not ad-free Hulu. Because Correct. I have ad-free Hulu I pay $13.99 for ad-free Hulu right now, and there is still no word on whether there will be an option to have ad-free Hulu, ad-free Disney Plus. Yes. I'm assuming that Disney Plus is going to be ad-free. I would also assume. Like Netflix. Yeah. In that you're just watching the stuff that is on their channel. Yes. So Because it's already going to be more. The original starting price... For Disney Plus, which they announced was six ninety nine, correct. So per that's month. already a dollar more per month than Hulu with ads, because Hulu with ads is five ninety nine a month. So I'm assuming that means no ads. You're paying a little more than because there's yeah. there's a lot of content on Hulu. It's true, not a ton of content, but there's quite a bit of quite a bit of. There's stuff enough on for there. me to want to be able to yes. maintain it every month. So so if you break this down, five ninety nine a month for Hulu with ads. Plus seven ninety nine or six ninety nine, so this comes out to about thirteen dollars. And then which there's is ESPN. So basically, as you get Hulu with ads and Disney Plus, and then you get ESPN Plus for free. But ESPN Plus is only four ninety nine. So I'd be interested to see what the cost breakdown is between right. if you don't want ESPN, if you don't care about ESPN, and you want your Hulu Plus like you have yeah. already as ad free. But then you're just going to pay the yearly payout. That's because that's kind of what I'm thinking. That might be the same amount of cost. Like it might offset where you're going to pay the same as what you would pay for this. And you still get Hulu ad free. Because if you don't care about Disney Plus, I am excited about this because I I really like ESPN. And uh, they show a ton of 
ESPN Plus carries like MLS games now, right. which I really like wa- watching soccer. Oh, uh, if they carry the 30s. Sounders, I will absolutely uh, yeah, get it no, because so my could, my roommate yes. watches. That's the only reason why we have cable TV is right. so my roommate can watch the Sounders. So I don't know how it works in like local markets with blackouts and stuff. So right. that may play a role in it, but um, it's got MLB, NHL, MLS, lots of different options. All of the thirty for thirty films, which are in, uh, an incredible documentary series for, sure, for, for sure. sports fans. So I like I'm looking forward to this. If you're somebody who already has Hulu ad free. Maybe just look at doing the year payout for Disney Plus because it might the cost might offset it. Maybe might not make sense to jump in on. Well, I mean the package. If you do, if you do Hulu ad free, which is thirteen dollars a month, and then you pay your sixty dollars for the year of Disney Plus, that's five bucks a month. So your your cost total is nineteen dollars, thirteen ninety nine plus okay. five. So. You know, so you are going to pay a little more, and I'm already paying. I, I'm paying for the. I think it's the 14.99 Netflix. Yeah. So I'm looking at thirty dollars, give or take, for my for my streaming services. Yeah. Um, it's funny because the financial advice Friday tip that I had from my Navy Federal Credit Union endorsement on Jack FM this past Friday was take a look at all of your monthly expenditures. And cancel the ones that you don't need or don't use anymore. Yeah. And um, I was thinking about this specific thing, right? Disney Plus coming out, Hulu, uh, Netflix. Um, whether you can add on, you know, like there's the the option to add on CBS to your Hulu or whatever mm-hmm. because of the Picard show coming out. All of these different things. I had to make some very difficult decisions and I canceled a bunch of the patreon subscriptions i had per month because i was i was putting out a bunch of money for patreon every month i canceled a bunch of twitch subscriptions yeah especially like with the most recent news about twitch i'm not real keen on supporting them um a friend of mine streams on twitch so i'm going to keep supporting her yeah I don't know. So it's difficult. This this to me seems like a win win situation because ultimately sure. I'm going to I'm I'm probably going to be one of those people who cancels my Netflix subscription and then takes that twelve ninety nine up I'm I pay to then transfer it to this new package where I'm going to lose out on some of the Netflix content, but most of the stuff that I'm ex- most of the new content that I'm excited about is going to be featured on Disney Plus and on Hulu. So like right. I'm pretty much going to get everything I want. I'll be interested to see how, like you said, that uh, it sounds like they'll they'll be like a one-stop platform for all of these yeah. where it integrates into, like right now you can add other things to Hulu. We've talked about this before. You can add Showtime or like other, other add-on features. Yeah. But it sounds like, and it sounds like you'll actually get a first, first-hand look at this because they're actually going to feature Disney Plus platform at... D23 Expo. Yes. So you're going to actually get a hands-on kind of experience it before it hits the market in November. So you'll have to kind of give us the rundown. Okay. Well, like how is the, like, how is the flow look? You know, how do, how do things like run down? But from what I understand, it'll be like one area where you can access Hulu without actually having to log into Hulu. Cause right now when I do it through my Xbox, if I want to go to my Hulu, I go to the Hulu app. Right. But with this, there won't be like I have to go to Disney Plus app or I have to go to my ESPN. Like all of it will live in one app, yeah. which will be also really cool. 
I am interested to see how that integrates with the different options for accessing it, yes. right? Like there are smart TVs where you can just access Netflix through your smart TV or Hulu or whatever, right? Amazon Prime. Um, I go specifically through my Xbox. So right. what, is there going to be an Xbox Disney Plus app in November for mm -hmm. me to download and use? Yeah. And then will that app, like you said, will that be the one stop for Disney, Hulu, ESPN, or how will all that work? Or is Disney like going to come out a year from now after its feature list and they're going to offer their own like Roku or Fire Stick yeah, their little or, dongle? Yeah. yeah. Are they just going to offer something on their own that you can then buy from them. I think the the smart thing for them to do and it sounds like it's what they're going to do is you offer it through stuff people already have. Sure. You don't add an extra step to people adding that content. Well, I mean, and I and I'm 100% certain that like the day that Disney Plus launches uh in November, you are going to have access to it and you can immediately download it on your Xbox. So they're going to have those things buttoned up with Xbox, with Roku, with Google Apple TV, anything that you use to access those smart feature options, they're going to be available immediately. So Well, and it's like, you know, if you think about if you're accessing it via your phone, that's a no-brainer. Computer, no-brainer. Just right. go to the website or download the app or whatever. Yeah. So I'm sure it'll be fine. Jason, we are uh, currently awaiting the launch of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge at Walt Disney World. Yes. So we're currently in exciting. Uh, everybody's going right now and experiencing <laughs> it in California. Right. People in Florida are still waiting for it. Uh, but Disney's going to launch a, a free form, uh, which is formerly ABC Family. Family. Uh, they're going to do a special called Star Wars Galaxy's Edge Adventure Awaits on Sunday, September 29th, hosted by Neil Patrick Harris. So it's going to be like a showcase of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. It sounds like it's going to be both uh, both Disney World and Disneyland. Uh, so yeah. you're going to get a look at both. A little bit and of, little and bit uh, I can imagine this will be similar to the, uh, the, the parades that they do every year on like Christmas that they film in November and stuff like that. So, But it sounds cool and it sounds like getting to see some of the extra features you and I have experienced Star Wars Land in California. In, yes, in California, but we probably won't in the foreseeable future. Probably at least a year, unless I would like changed. to. Yes, uh, but experience the larger one at Disney World. So this will be a cool way for people who maybe don't have that option quite yet. yet. But yeah, I'm excited. I I think it's going to be cool. I like Neil Patrick Harris. I don't know that I will watch this right away, mm -hmm. uh, just because you know. I've been there. Yeah. So I don't, right. I don't need to that. And if I was still waiting to go, I don't know that I would watch it either because I didn't watch anything leading up to the opening of Disneyland's right. galaxy's edge because yeah. I didn't want to be spoiled. That's true. So I get that. Speaking of potential spoilers, uh, <laughs> yes. changing things up here. We got some information literally like five minutes before we were about to, or about ready to start recording a Marvel land leak. Now there has been like some concept photos and some stuff rolling out, but we got a full scale. Here's everything that's going to be in Marvel land. Here's the layout of the land. Here's concept photos from the attraction that the feature attraction that's part of it. Um, although 
uh, I guess you could say it's not the only attraction because they're right. considering Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout as part of this new land that kind of connects it. What we found was it's a top down. It's basically an overlay of the map of yes. the, the the Google Maps satellite view. Mm-hmm. So you have the satellite photo of California Adventure. You can see the fountain on the top and the big mm-hmm. uh, walkway that comes down yes. where the right now there are the giant signs that say Stark Industries, you know, please keep out. And uh, there's the Spider-Man attraction, mm-hmm. the Spider-Man shop called Web Suppliers, the Ant-Man microbrewery, which looks pretty good. I thought it was going to be Asgardian themed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is... If this is true, that's very interesting, but it kind of makes sense if it's a microbrewery. True. If it's Ant-Man. But are they also like going to have like odd size, like not your normal standard size of like drinks? Like that Uh would be like, like you've got like a glass that looks like it's a little too big or like, (laughs) like kind of that in between those in between sizes. Right. It's just like a fun. And that way they can charge more. True. Yeah, they can. There's a Doctor Strange show kind of listed in here. Which if you get really like kind of in close, there are areas in this and like kind of right where that Spider-Man or the Doctor Strange show is, it looks like um, the Tony Stark. Uh, oh, yes. The arc reactor. The arc reactor. And there's kind of this little like drawing right next to it. Probably not that, but there's probably going to be a lot of that imagery in this area. There's an Avengers gift shop. Of course. And I can imagine there's probably going to be one or two other things that aren't on this list. Um, maybe little stands, other character interacting places. Because there doesn't appear to be any sort of like built in like, here's where we're going to have like characters come out. And like, I can imagine that'll be part of something around here. But uh looks really cool. Any initial thoughts? No, I mean, it just, it looks pretty cool. I'm excited. I I don't know how much I want to, you know, like this is a leak. So it, Mm -hmm. it might not be true. True. So I don't know how much stock I want to put into it. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I, I kind of want to be surprised by everything when I want to get there, when it opens next year. There's also some other stuff that leaked as part of this. We got concept art from the Spider-Man attraction, including kind of the pre-show area uh, and the ride. From we, we don't really know a whole lot about this ride like a lot of the new attractions that come with expansion and redesign of the park, they keep them pretty close to the chest on how the, I I mean, rise of the resistance is going to be launching in December and January. And and we don't really know anything about that either, which I can imagine we'll get continue more info about, but they, they don't like to release a whole lot, but the way this ride looks to be set up is similar to like a dark room ride. It's not like you you get in these pods, it looks like, and these like longer pods 
that maybe like five or six people can sit in, maybe more if there's a second row. And then you're moving through this area all on a rail system along flat ground. So it could be like a Indiana Jones type thing, because if you were to just look at photos, concept art photos of Indiana Jones, it would look like, oh, that's not real exciting. Right. Because you don't move like you're just kind of going around in reality. It's just a more intense darkroom ride. Yeah. So. Yeah, we'll see. I'm, I mean, the, the concept art looks really cool. Yes. So, um, there's a lot of PIM tech mm -hmm. in there and all sorts. So I'm guessing it's going to be a combination. I don't think it's going to be only Spider-Man. Uh, I would agree with that. Yeah, that's, uh, uh, so we got that. Uh, looks like we also, it's, some of this stuff has leaked before. This isn't the first leak um, that's come out. Uh, but if you want to check that out, they've got some cool stuff from like the microbrew. It looks like there's like a giant can sitting on top of this microbrew, which is funny because it's right. giant, small. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all that good stuff. So uh, there's a lot of stuff. You can find all of that um, online. So if you want to go digging for that, we're just talking about, hey, there's there's stuff out there. Finally, we've kind of been in the dark since they first announced this with the one concept art photo from the top for from the front right. they released one piece but outside of that we didn't really know much so um but yeah so exciting so some breaking leak news there let's see we've got some fox news oh yeah uh, as yeah, part I of the disney acquisition that happened uh, a little while ago it sounds like quite a few fox Movies are canceled. Yeah. So here's the dirt. This is all stuff that came out of the big earnings report that happened last week. When Disney took over Fox, they were looking at ways of connecting everything and making things work financially for both companies so that they can move forward and profit, blah, blah, blah. But they did cancel a lot of things. They canceled Taika Waititi's Flash Gordon reboot, but uh, apparently that's okay because he's yes. already got enough on his plate. There was a female-led League of Extraordinary Gentlemen reboot that was canceled, Assassin's Creed 2, another Hitman movie, a Mega Man movie, a Magic the Gathering live-action thing, which is different than the animated thing yes. coming from the Russo brothers. So My favorite know. one is... Ben Affleck's plan to tell the bizarre true story of an ex-cop turned McDonald's security guard who stole winning McDonald's Monopoly tickets to sell to the highest bidder. <laughs> yeah. That to me is like Affleck likely would have starred too alongside Matt Damon, but we may never know now. Can you imagine like a Goodwill hunting, but it's about an ex-cop selling the winning tickets for McDonald's Monopoly? Two prequels, a diehard prequel titled McLean. And a Pinocchio prequel. Oh, man. <laughs> called The Three Misfortunes of Geppetto. <laughs> Yikes. So, so. Uh, it sounds like there's still a couple things that are safe. The Avatar sequels are still moving forward with. Sure. The Planet of the Apes series that's in development is also safe. And anything under Fox Searchlight. But it says 246 movies in development at Fox. That's, that's insane. That's a lot of movies. Yeah. So uh, all of them are canceled as of now. Uh, got to make room for more Marvel. True. Uh, you got to make room for Home Alone reboots and new Diary of a Wimpy Kid. If you didn't hear also, that was some news that we kind of glossed over. But uh, Disney has plans to remake several 
series, including Home Alone, uh, Night at the Museum, Diary of a Wimpy Kid, and some other ones as part of Disney+. Plus. None of so. that sounds interesting nope, to nobody, me. Nobody's excited about any of this. So. Uh, I mean, granted, <laughs> I'm not the target audience for a Diary of a Wimpy Kid or a Night at the Museum. Uh, I don't even think that I'm the target audience for Home Alone, but yes. it sounds terrible. <laughs> Now, this next one was one that you were telling me about, the yeah, blue we just, sky. We just, I just found this as well. So as part of the 21st Century Fox acquisition, Walt Disney uh, Company acquired Blue Sky Studios, which is the, the studio that did Ice Age, the Ice Age franchise, which is super popular. If you think of like maybe a couple of, like outside of DreamWorks, Disney owns pretty much all of the animation market. Like DreamWorks was the only other group, um, but the Ice Age movies did fairly well, and I think outgrossed several of the animated films the years that they came out. Uh, they also did Rio. They're doing Spies in Disguise, which is the Will Smith secret agent that turns into a bird movie. <laughs> like if you haven't seen, look, go onto YouTube when you have a chance and type in Spies in Disguise. It's literally like. He's the greatest super, uh, or he's the greatest, um, he's like James Bond, but somehow he gets turned into a bird. No. And so. I'm not going to do that. They did Ferdinand, which came out, which was uh, like pretty successful. Neat. Uh, they did Horton Hears a Who. Oh, they did the Robots movie that star the Ewan McGregor and Robin Williams movie about robots. Which I always get a big kick out of because they had one of the greatest one second visual jokes of all time. And that was on the bathroom signs for robots. Like the male was like the plug in and the female was the outlet. And that was the bathroom signs for the robots. I get it. Uh, Yeah. So (laughs) I don't know. It was bad. They've done a couple other movies here and there. So not great, but uh, they've got Um, some fun stuff. So uh, Disney is taking over the studio and what they're going to do is... The president, Walt Disney Animation Studios president, Andrew Milstein, is going to take over as co-president of Blue Sky Studios, and then they're going to elevate somebody else to the role of... So, uh, Andrew Milstein is basically going to oversee Walt Disney Animation, but also going to oversee Blue Sky Studios, so they're going to keep things going there. I don't know... I, I can only imagine by the time that they had signed the paper, this Spies in Disguise movie had already been done. Everything's <laughs> ready to go because I can't imagine they would put any effort into continuing this. But who knows? So wow. this is going to keep going in development. Upcoming films, Spies in Disguise, and a film called Nimona. So they don't have anything. Oh, Nimona. No, okay. You say Nimona and my ears perk up. That is um, uh, Noelle Stevenson. Okay. She yes. is the showrunner of She-Ra and yes. the Princesses of Power, now in its uh, uh, starting its third season on Netflix. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. She's an amazing writer. She wrote that comic for years and years and years. And the fact that they are um, making a movie out of it is very exciting. Okay, yeah. So uh, uh, Spies in Disguise comes out d- this Christmas, uh, <laughs> and they have nothing else planned until March 5th, 2021, which is when Nimona comes out. Nice. So it sounds like Disney is not canceling that as of right now, but they are not, like there's nothing else standing by. Nice. Speaking of animated movies. Yes. uh, The Lion King remake. That's not an animated movie. It's, I know, right? I mean, (laughs) it's animate. Yes. Man, I, I just, the more I think about this remake of The Lion King, the less I like it, the less I'm excited about it, the less I care about it, but it just, it, 
it beat out Frozen for the highest grossing animated film at $1.3 billion. I don't care about this story because, and not for the same reason you, I I think this is great, but this doesn't count to me. The, yeah. If you're going to say we're going to do a live action remake of a movie, then you have to like... Go it, train some lions. I don't care if you like had to animate this entire movie. It's not an animated movie because you said it was we're going to make a live action remake. So we I don't, agree. You don't count Endgame as an animated movie, even though half the stuff in that movie was animated. I agree. That's fine. Whatever. Great. Uh, I'll I'll say that it's it's a great uh, the highest grossing or a high grossing or a regular movie for this year. But I'm like to me. I'm going to play the ignorance is bliss card here and just say it's not an animated movie. Sure. I, I reject this story. Um, Agents of shield. Yes. Just finished its sixth season. Um, I have not watched the last few episodes yet. Okay. But from what I understand, uh, there is some time travel involved, which leads us into season seven. It's going to be their final season Mm -hmm. of agents of shield. I really like that show. Um, it's not connected to the MCU in a direct and meaningful way anymore. Right. But uh, this news, which is really cool, is Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. season seven, last season, may feature Haley Atwell reprising her role as Agent Carter because the team goes back in time. That would be fun. And so then we'll be moving forward. So yeah. we'll see how that goes. I did just find some new news, like some just brand new new news. August 31st is the 80th anniversary of Marvel Comics. Okay. And California Adventure is doing a big thing for the 80th anniversary. And uh, they have already started. They have Donald Duck wearing a green shirt that says Smash and wearing a purple hat, taking photos with people. And the little Hollywood area where the the heroes are. Yes. And... um, Annual pass holders between August 25th to August 31st will get an extra hour after the park closes to go to Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout. That's awesome. Yeah. I'll be there on the 26th, but I won't. Uh, I'm flying home at, before the uh, before the park closes, so uh, maybe I'll go on Sunday night. You could. That'd be a good way to do that. But they are having uh, like there's a whole bunch of new stuff for going on in the little Marvel area. Uh, Mickey and Minnie are going to be dressing up. Mickey's going to be dressed up in Captain America style oh, that's fun. clothes. Minnie has uh, Spider-Man-esque stuff oh. on. Uh, you will have more opportunities to meet Black Panther and Cap and um, Thor and Loki and all of them. Uh, but also, Animation Academy mm-hmm. is going to be featuring uh, Marvel superheroes. Oh. So that'll be a lot of fun, too. That is fun. So anyway, that I just saw that. Well, that's so, great. Uh, and these meet and greets with the characters in Marvel uh, clothes will run through September 2nd. I want to know, can we do the opposite? Can we get like Captain America dressed, <laughs> dressed up, up as, as, Mickey. as Mickey Mouse? <laughs> like, That'd be cool. In like Cap is just wearing like red shorts and yellow shoes with gloves and that's it. That might be one of those like after hour, like maybe that's what the after hours are. <laughs> spider-man wearing the mini dress yeah or maybe we i I don't know maybe that might that might not go over super well get a hulk Hulk with just a blue shirt on and the sailor (laughs) hat and that's just no pants donald duck in it but it Um, would be like it would be like um smart hulk 
Right. And Game Hulk. And yes. All right, cool. Our main topic today. Yes, uh, we're going to spend a little time talking about it. We're not going to talk about this really long because it's it's exciting, but as, or it's information. Exciting? No, exciting is the <laughs> bad word because as you described it, this was like watching paint dry as you were going through the earnings. Yes. Okay. So report. I, I tried to read the entire transcript of the earnings call, which yes. happened the other day, because I feel like if I'm going to do a Disney news podcast. Mm-hmm. And I want to be up to date on the news of the day. I should read the transcript of the earnings call so I understand what they're saying. Yeah, I appreciate it. And that. it wasn't that it was like paint dry, like watching paint dry. It was like... With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Reading Greek. Yeah. And I don't speak Greek. There was so much technical and economic jargon that I don't understand. Yes. But there was a bunch of, there were a bunch of things that, that did stand out. Yes. So what is the biggest thing right now? Because we've kind of seen this something happening in Disneyland that has not happened in a long, long time. Right. Well, here's the, here's the crux of the issue. Here is what is going on with all of these news stories that have been hitting over the past couple of days. The question is, are ticket prices to the parks too high because park attendance has been down now according to the senior executive vice president and chief financial officer christine m mccarthy park attendance was down three percent for the quarter yes but paid attendance was up which means that the drop in attendance was due to annual pass holders not showing up now CEO Bob Iger, he countered that a lot of the attendance drop was due to Galaxy's Edge. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of hype around Galaxy's Edge opening up. Yes. A lot of people stayed away from the park because they were worried about overcrowding. Now, what that did was it created a lot of people, like I said this when I went on opening day, Disneyland itself felt empty. It wasn't empty. They had a lot of people there, but it felt empty because so many more people had moved into Galaxy's Edge. Now, there's another uh, news report out there that's calling Galaxy's Edge a flop and saying that Disneyland is having to cut workers' hours because there are just not enough people inside that part of the park to keep that many employees there. I don't want to disagree that they're cutting hours. I just don't think that the crowd is too low because, you know, all of the reports are that Galaxy's Edge itself is full right. and people are going yeah. and, you know, like it takes the the reservation or the, you know, like the system to book your time to go in fills up within the first couple of hours of yeah. the park being open. but. Uh, they were expecting lines at Smuggler's Run to be two hours. Mm-hmm. They're about an hour. Yeah. So, which you know. it kind of depends. We we had times when we there when we were there and we saw it up at ninety minutes or you know whatever. And and 
I would say that it's it's holding like pretty well. I think it's uh, the I don't think Galaxy's Edge is anywhere under expectation, but I maybe see it and maybe those cutting of hours is let's let's set these expectations or let's like say, well, what would be the worst case scenario of having like a ton of people actually at this park and the park bursting at the seams because we didn't limit it. Right. We want to be staffed in case you hit that opportunity. So if they're not then saying, okay, well, we clearly don't need as many people as we hoped that there would be an over amount of people. And so now you're kind of lifting back. That doesn't mean that they haven't hit expectations. It just means that they were potentially prepared for exceeding expectations. And if they haven't, then that's right. fine. Like, well, and then the other issue is that Rise of the Resistance isn't open. True. It's still not open. It's not going to be open in California until January. It's not going to open in Florida until December. Right. So, you know, is that going to create another rush of people going into Galaxy's Edge when those open? I'm guessing probably. I would imagine as well. Uh, but so I'm super intrigued too by these numbers that you were able to pull that Park attendance is down 3%, but paid attendance is up. And right. to me, that sounds like Disney shouldn't have a problem with this. Then it just means less pass holders are going. Right. And I don't think that like the one concern of that would be, well, then those pass holders aren't going to renew. I don't think that you're not going to have a renewal by those pass holders. They just decided, look, I can go to Disneyland anytime I want. Why would I go right now when there's going to be this mad rush? Right. There didn't end up being this mad rush. And so now some of them are starting to trickle back in. But they're also all blocked out uh, unless you had like the really del- the the ultimate level of pass. Most of the pass holders were blocked out. So you couldn't go anyway. Yeah. Another interesting part of that number, uh, domestic attendance fell three percent, but overall spending was up 10 percent because of higher ticket costs and higher food costs. Yes. So uh, that's the other thing. A single day park hopper ticket costs one hundred and sixty nine dollars. And so if you buy a four-day pass, it drops to $121 per day. Mm -hmm. So for a family of four on a four-day visit, that's $484 per person just to get into the park. So that's $2,000. Yeah. Per, like for a family. Yeah. Just to get in. That's before hotel. That's before travel. That's before food. That's before merch. That's a lot. That's a whole lot of money. Right. But part of the outpricing model was, and the whole reason behind that is because you had an overcrowded park. So you had to move those prices up to make it so that people couldn't just go to Disneyland whenever they wanted to. And unfortunately, that's kind of the case that we're in now. Yes. The amount of people that we have in the United States and around the world who want to attend Disneyland, who want to go to Disneyland or who want to go to Disney World every year, you couldn't fit them all in the parks at the scale that you want them to. So by overpricing some of those tickets and by and here's here's my biggest thing, too. I've always said that the price hikes should start at the pass holder level, at the annual pass holder level for the sole reason being the value of what you're adding to your parks is not for the pass holders. You want to add other value. You want to give them exclusive things to make them feel like they're earning something. But the people like what the parks really should be about is the people who, Hey, I can go once a year or I can go once every couple of years. Not I live right down the street from Disneyland and walk in wherever, whenever I want. And this kind of goes back to our discussion. We had a couple like 
I think it was two weeks ago about who is Disneyland for and who are, are the Disney parks for. So ultimately I feel like you can't disregard annual pass holders, but they also shouldn't feel like they're entitled to anything just because you've paid for a pass that old, that in reality, most of those passes pay for themselves in six days. For sure. Take me for example. I am an annual pass holder this year. I bought an annual pass. In, I bought the deluxe annual pass in 2017 for my birthday, for my 40th birthday. And that was $400 when I bought it in 2017. Right. And that was, uh, I needed to go three times to make it worth my while. Yeah. And which in 2017, easy. Yeah. It was easy for me to go. Because um, you we, go for a weekend and it's pretty much paid for. Right. And um, this time, this year, because I knew that Galaxy's Edge was coming and I wanted the pass with no blackout dates, I got the Signature Plus, which is $1,500. Yeah. That means that I need to make seven trips to Los Angeles from Seattle to make it worth my while. Hmm. And uh, I have to go multiple days on each of those trips yeah. to make it worth the $1,500 I'm paying. It costs roughly... 250 bucks to fly. Mm -hmm. So that's roughly $1,500 in airfare. I don't, you know, like, is it worth it for me, a Seattle resident to buy a signature plus annual pass? Probably not. Right. But I love going to Disneyland. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love being able to just hop down to LA on a whim and be able to go to the park without having to drop $170 on a park hopper pass. Yeah. So, you know, but that's another one of those, like, who is the park for? Right. And I, I think that it is, I, I think that there is room for everyone, mm-hmm. but I absolutely agree. If you're going to raise the prices on annual pass holders, that's a good place to start because the things that you're doing are for the, this is a once in a lifetime trip for yep. me. Right. Uh, people that are coming yeah. in. I would not be shocked. And based on these numbers that. Disneyland attendance is down, but paid attendance is up. To me, that says our annual pass holders are the ones that are overcrowding. Oh, absolutely. And I absolutely agree with and that. And so I wouldn't be shocked if we eventually get to the point where Disney does away with the annual pass. Like it would take a quite a bit to get there, but think about what that does. Think about getting rid of the annual pass. I know this is really tough for you to hear as somebody who oh, has no, an annual pass. No, I'm, I'm, as somebody who I also, when I was in college, I had an annual pass as well and I loved, I literally paid $300. For my annual, or I paid two fifty for the SoCal annual pass, and I went probably thirty times. So the value of that is means that Disney is no longer making that money because right. if you take the annual pass holder out and you say I went thirty times, so like let's do quick math here. I went at least thirty times in the year that I had my annual pass, probably more. Let's just let's go nuts and say fifty because okay. I definitely went fifty times. I went at least once a weekend. So I went 50 times. You divide that or you take the 275 that I paid and you divide that by 50. I was paying about $5 per time that I went to Disneyland. So you take me out, take your annual pass holder out who's paying that. They're paying a lot more now. But you take that one person who was paying the annual pass fee that much and instead say in 50 times, uh, if for 50 people, I'm going to charge $120 instead of the 275 that's $6,000 Disney would have made for the one attendance that was me instead they made 275 so is a business model and 
this is this is a little obscure because and it's a little abstract because Disney has like such a long-standing history of those relationships with annual pass holders and that's a big thing they push. Hey, do you have an annual pass? That's what they ask you at any time you buy something because you get a discount with your annual pass. Right. They push the benefits for that. But if you think about one person attending Disneyland for 50 days, even if you pay $400 versus 50 people attending over those same 50 days who paid $6,000 to be there, not only does that help manage the flow of income you're making, because I don't think you're going to lose out a ton on on getting rid of those annual pass holders. Uh, what year did you go 30 times? That would have been uh, 2016. 2016. Yes. Okay. So we were looking at this website earlier. Right. It's the uh, how much did Disney cost on the day on the year that you were born? Right. So it also has 2016. So if you went 30 times, 2016 it was 110 dollars. So that's 3,300 dollars that you would have to pay versus the 300 dollars that you did pay. Which is about nine dollars. So spread out like a hundred and ten dollars per ticket. If you divide two seventy five, which is what I paid by the thirty times that I went, it's nine dollars and fifteen cents. Right, is what I paid each time I went to Disneyland. An incredible investment. Like if you're somebody who like, and even now, like the levels of the annual pass holder. If you utilize that and you live by the parks and you can afford that, that's an insane investment because the idea of I paid ten less than ten dollars every time I went to Disneyland. It was super worth it. But do you do you understand too, like why that like I I don't think they can go this route. I think they'd have a massive uprising from people who have been annual pass holders for as far back as the AP goes. But it's it would solve. I mean, clearly, if those if attendance numbers are down, but people are still buying tickets, then. If just the if you just got rid of the annual pass holder population, you're still gonna make probably about the same amount and bring in less people. So I don't know. I, I get that Disney tries to capitalize on their revenue where they can, but in terms of actually fitting as many people into the park that you're gonna make the most money on, annual pass holder you're actually losing money on. Right. I'm trying to find how many times I have been this year. Yeah. Uh, in my app. It's uh, gotta be close to what, ten? Based on the trips that I know that you've taken? Because I went in January for my birthday. I went in April for Marvel uh, Marathon. And I went in May for Galaxy's Edge. Right. Kind of all this to say, I think that the direction that... uh, I don't think Disney is scared one bit about what's happened. They constantly are adding things to their park. And they're, they're living out that... That realistic... They probably don't maybe have the same profit return they had... A couple of years ago because they're now in the position of we're spending money to make money and they're spending a lot of money but they're also making a lot of money i think that that level of there there probably is no fear they probably have to assure the stockholders occasionally because the stockholders look at some of those numbers and say well why are why is the attendance for the park down like it shouldn't be but you know, then Bob Iger has to come out and say, no, no, this is, this is why this is this way. And this is why this is this way. But I agree with what you're saying. I I think that the value of the ticket is starting to peak because you're starting to price quite a few people out of the ability to go to Disneyland. And I think eventually we're going to see that plateau. And my hope is that it would come back down a little bit. You, You never know. And there's, there's definitely cuts that Disney can make to make that happen. But you also want like, you would hope that like 
by making more money and having more people come through, that means cast members are being paid better and they're given jobs. And that's not necessarily the case right. based on certain sources. But I yeah. think that I think Disneyland is fine. I think Disney World is fine. I think they're moving forward. And like we have we've reached now 10 years after the kind of the drop of 2008. We've reached one of the most successful economic points in our country in quite a while. So people spending money on trips to Disneyland is not unheard of. This is in the great depression where people are, they don't have that disposable income. They don't have things in their budget that they can build out. And so people are able to take trips to Disneyland. People are able to afford park tickets and hotel flights and annual passes and all that stuff. And I don't think that's going to change. It's true. So, well, since I brought it up earlier, I am interested in, in talking about this on this show the cost to go to Disneyland on the year that we were born. Oh, yes. I was born in 1977. It was $6 for a ticket. $6. Uh, 2019 inflation, that's $26.27. Uh, and I was born in 1993. $35. $35. $62.17 in today's money. Dang. Not bad. Not bad. So, yeah, I guess I, the, the real, I, I, I feel like we should close this out are there too few people going to Disneyland? I think the answer is no. No. I've, <laughs> Are I've, ticket prices too high? Yes. Yes. Um, I think for the average person, the ticket prices are too high. Yeah, I agree. And I think there's probably a lot of ways you can go with that, but you look at changing the structure of, like, if you eliminated annual passports, I'd love to see what would happen with that. Uh, when you said this earlier, I pulled up the page, but then I didn't mention it. Yeah. Um, they are working on changing the passport system. That is clear. Okay. Because they have introduced the Flex Passport. It's $600, but you get admission to most of the, for most of the year, but you have to make reservations mm. to go in. I like that. That's a great alternative to the system yeah. because it gives you the freedom to go and utilize it, but also plan ahead and know there are going to be dates I can't go because they're going to limit how many people can get into the park on those days. Right. Mm. During the, during the slow times, yeah. during my, like my birthday, right. It'll be fine. But during the winter or sorry, during the summer, you're going to have to make a reservation if you want to go. Right. Let's be real too. Most of the people who have an annual passport live within a 20, 30, 40 mile radius of, of Disneyland. So just I, looking at the Disney flex, for both parks mm -hmm. for now until next September. You're good to go for Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday through September, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday through October, um, most of November, uh, not mm -hmm. Thanksgiving week. Yeah. First two weeks of December, Monday through Thursday, good to go. The rest of those days, you have to make a reservation. If there's a reservation available, you can go. Yeah. Otherwise not. January, most of January, uh, green, good to go, but weekends, make a reservation. Um, yeah, so basically, until May, June, July, or yeah, August, mm -hmm. it's weekdays are good to go, weekends are make a reservation. June, July, August, all make a reservation. Interesting. You know, I don't think that that's a bad system. No, it's not. Uh, and we've already seen that things can change like the the purest crowd of well, we've always had annual passports and it's been this way and, and we shouldn't have to change it like the fast pass system is changing 
the yeah. other pieces of the mobile orders that you can do now where you can order your food ahead of time and, and walk up. If you know I we're 25 minutes away and it says it's, the food's going to be ready in 25 minutes, you can order and it's ready when you get there. Things are changing with the parks to make things more efficient and more the cost outweigh everything and like just be open to that because it means more people can probably experience it. Yeah. Uh, so looking at a Southern California select passport for both parks, um, September, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, October, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, November, December, January. Like it's just, it's, it's all weekdays, no weekends yeah. uh, until June and July when it's blocked out completely. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, like there are ways, there are options for yeah. them to, to use this and, and make agree. changes. I like that Disney flex option. Mm-hmm. I might. I might actually do that next year. It'd be, I mean, it'd, it'd be half of what you're paying, but no, you can it, less. It, it's only yeah. 600 instead of 15. Yeah. Wow. So, uh, but it'd be a way to, you're somebody who plans ahead usually when you're going to go. I, so. I have to know when I'm going to go because yeah. I have to make flights. So I just make the reservation. Yeah. If there's a reservation available, I can build, build my flights around it. Right. Exactly. So, so. cool. Well, there's some exciting things to come in the world of ticket admission, annual passes, <laughs> Uh, and hopefully we start to see things a little made easier for yeah. people so that everyone can experience Disneyland. Because I that was a cool. big point that we made, you know, a couple weeks ago is that Disneyland, Disney's for everyone. And you want everyone to be able to experience that. I agree. So, uh, All right. We're going to close out the show like we always do with This Week in Disney History. <clears throat> I will start. Would you please? I will. Tomorrow or today, depending on when you're listening to. August or 12th. August 12th. Uh, 1929, Walt Disney is granted a trademark for the use of the image of Mickey Mouse. First trademark for Mickey Mouse granted August 12th, 1929. August 13th, 1954, excavation of Disneyland begins with the removal of walnut and orange trees from the site. That's pretty cool. 1954. Mm -hmm. And they opened in 1955. Yeah. 365 days. Groundbreaking began July 17th, 1954. And it opened 365 days later. That is insane. Yeah. Can you imagine trying to do that today? No. But I mean, think about Galaxy's Edge. True. That took three years. Yeah. It's not Disneyland as we know it either. But there's a lot. True. And there's there's going to be another one coming up here, which I'll share that kind of plays into this too. August 14th, 2007, Disneyland Hotel changes its tower names. Marina becomes Magic, Sierra becomes Dreams, and Bonita becomes Wonder. These would change again about four, three to four years later in 2010, 11, and 12, and they would change to what they are now, which is Fantasy, Adventure, and Frontier. Which matches the lands in the The lands, correct. Uh, The original names were part of the company that owned the Disneyland Hotel, because the original company that owned the Disneyland Hotel was not Disney. Interesting. It was later sold to the Walt Disney Company, and then um, years and years later, they, they changed the names to magic, dreams, and wonder. Uh, August 15th, 2012, The Lion King becomes the fifth longest-running Broadway show in history, passing a chorus line. Uh, It's currently number three at 9,059 behind Chicago and the Phantom of the Opera. August 16th, 1955, Dumbo Flying Elephants opens in Fantasyland. So this is what I was talking about like two seconds ago. It was supposed to open the day... Disneyland opened, but they got the the elephants were shipped in three weeks before the park was supposed to open. And so they were like kind of scrambling and they weren't able to get took another month. But 
there was a lot of those attractions that they were scrambling to get done in 365 days. And ultimately they put several of those on hold and waited another year, waited another couple of months right. to expand the park. So August 17th, 1986 Luxo jr. The first film produced by Pixar as an independent film studio premieres in Dallas and Luxo is the little, is the, the bouncing the lamp, lamp. Yep. from the Pixar logo. Uh, and then finally, August 18th, 1975, the Platters, with 16 gold records to their credit, begin two weeks of performances at Walt Disney World. They present two shows nightly with dinner seatings at 6.30 and 9.45. I Man, that just sounds good. Like, this is the, one of the reasons why I chose this Yes, uh, for this date. I'm not sure why you chose this one. The pl- So the Platters okay. were an amazing band okay. back in the day. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine going to Walt Disney World and like having a dinner seating and just sitting there watching uh, Imagine Dragons. Let's say you could go watch Imagine Dragons. While you eat dinner at Disney World. That would be really cool. And they're just cool. there. They're like, kind of like a, a Vegas a residency. residency. That would be really cool and I would love for Disney to do something like that where like, what if you did like a two-week residency where uh, they do a concert up on Tom Sawyer's Island right. before Fantasmic or something like that. That would be cool. So, oh, that'd be so rad. That would be cool. Because you could just fill that whole area around Tom yeah. Sawyer's Island with people and then just put them on that stage. Yeah. God, that'd be rad. Yeah. That would be cool. should work for Disney. I should. <laughs> uh, you know, Disney has a thing where any idea that you throw out, they are... They'll take? They'll take. Like, this, any idea, like, you can't, like... So now I, like, theirs. can't pull this back in now. It's <laughs> it's out there. It's there. And, like, they'll just say, well, it's a, something involving our property, so it's our idea so now. So, yeah. This is our IP. Uh, gosh. <laughs> So, uh, cool. Well, hey, that will uh, do it for this week. As always, you can interact with us on the social medias. Uh, we are at MRTW Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. You can also use the hashtag Mickey Rules the World. Uh, you can also send us letters uh, to interact with us. Tell us uh, something you like. Electronic letters. All of the things you didn't like. And uh, I will read them while Jason cries uh, or Jason applauds because he liked what you said. Uh, and that's MRTW podcast at gmail.com. It's almost as if it's the same as our Instagram and Twitter. It's the same. It's always ABB, not ABC. It's ABB. Always Always be branding. branding. Have you listened to my D&D podcast? I have not listened to your D&B podcast. So my character, Max, I know this is cross, this is cross pollination, but I play a goblin detective. I'm the lead investigator at the Waterdeep Detective Agency. Yes. And I'm always handing people our business cards oh, because nice. always be branding. Yeah, right. And that's cool. So, we yeah. don't have business cards for the show, but these are like digital business cards. Do we need to get business cards for this show? MRTW podcast at gmail.com. That's all you need to do is just talk about it on the podcast. True. So I should get business cards before I go to D23. Yeah, you should. That'd be great. Okay. I'm going to look, th- I'm going to look it up on Moo. You can get a thousand for like 10 bucks on some sites. This uh, uh, this podcast not yet brought to you by Moo.com. Okay, great. Um, I love Moo. Okay. They, I this have- This is not an ad. He's, this is not an ad. Just, this is just me saying that I love Moo. I have used them for many years. I used them when I got business cards for my Roller Derby podcast, the uh, Derby Deeds podcast back in mm-hmm. tw- uh, 2010 through 2015. And I got- t- um, Cards for Adventure, they wrote, my D&D podcast oh, nice. through Moo. And they're great. Like, they, you, all sorts of different sizes and styles yeah. and things oh, like cool. that. So, I'll have to take our 
our logo. Yes. Well, that's a little tease too. Jason will be heading out here in about uh, two weeks, less going, than two yes. weeks for D23 Expo. We'll be talking a little bit about it next week. We're not going to talk a ton because then we're going to spend the next week kind of recapping everything from D23. We're going to have a lot of big stuff coming yeah. up. So I'm uh, pretty excited. I'm, I am too. Jason, any final words here for this week? No. No. No, I think I think we're good. Okay. Go see The Lion King. No. Okay. No. <laughs> I refuse. Go see Spider-Man Far From Home because it's still in theaters. I, go see Toy Story 4. I enjoyed it. Um, save your money so you can go see Frozen a couple times and Star Wars a couple times later this year. All that good stuff. So Cool. Well, that'll do it for this week. Uh, you've been listening to the Mickey Rules the World podcast. My name is Tyler and I love Disney. I'm Jason and I love Disney too. And this has been the Mickey Rules the World podcast. Bye. The Mickey Rules the World podcast is an iHeartRadio podcast production of 96.5 Jack FM in Seattle and copyright 2019. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.